Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Good morning. Happy Easter. Sports Sunday on Super Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky with you riding solo today. Steven is off doing, I don't know, family stuff, I guess. Something probably more important than talking about sports with you. But hey, I'm here and glad that you are here as well. You want to be a part of the conversation? I'd love to have you this morning. On the text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. So much to get to this morning. I don't even know where to begin. You had an instant classic. One of the best NCAA tournament games you will ever see. No, I'm not talking about the finish. Well, that was incredible and shocking and awesome, and you're going to see the replay of that for the rest of your life. Um, The game itself, I mean... There's a difference between close games and good games. Just because the game was close doesn't mean it was good. Last night, quality. Just quality offensive execution, effort plays. You had a buzzer beater, everything. We'll get to that. Also, of course, baseball. Uh, Mississippi State sweeps Kentucky, gets right back on track. Like I told you last Sunday, no, no need to panic. It's okay. And look at what they did. They responded in kind. Ole Miss got one in Florida. Probably could have gotten two, but just couldn't make, uh, couldn't get the right hit yesterday afternoon. But still, a weekend that you are not disappointed in. You're probably not thrilled with, but you're not disappointed in getting one in Gainesville, and so much more to get to with you. But I, I want to start with with this especially because I've spent more time thinking about this than anything else that I've got planned for you this morning. And it was the biggest story. I still think it is the biggest story in sports. Besides that buzzer beater, and I've got all the audio uh, for that uh, with you coming up. It's the Major League Baseball All-Star Game decision. Uh, In case you missed it, I doubt you did, but in case you missed it, Major League Baseball has moved the All-Star Game and the draft away from Atlanta this year because of a new voting law that was passed in the Georgia legislature. Reading from ESPN real quick. Major League Baseball announced Friday that it is moving the 2021 All-Star Game out of Atlanta in response to a new Georgia law that has civil rights groups concerned about its potential to restrict voting access for people of color. The 2021 MLB Draft, a new addition to All-Star Game weekend, will also be relocated. In a statement, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred said the league is, quote, finalizing a new host city, and details about these events will be announced shortly. Source told ESPN that the 2022 All-Star Game is still planned for Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles, and that site will not be moved up to fill the void this summer. Here's a quote from Manfred. Over the last week, we have engaged in thoughtful conversations with clubs, former and current players, the Players Association, the Players Alliance, among others, to listen to their views. 
I have decided the best way to demonstrate our values as a sport is by relocating this year's All-Star Game and MLB Draft. Major League Baseball fundamentally supports voting rights for all Americans and opposes restrictions to the ballot box. And I'll stop there. Um, my question is, and so let's go ahead and lay this out here for everybody. I, like 99.9% of people that are reacting to this, have not let read the bill, the law, in its entirety. Uh, you're seeing reaction, you're seeing sweeping judgments from a lot of people that I promise you have not read it, myself included. But I don't think I need to read the bill to have this opinion. In fact, I think it makes this even more valid. Maybe that's a spin, but you'll see why. Who is Major League Baseball actually punishing with this? Who are they punishing? Do they think? Uh, Of course they think that the Georgia legislature is going to hurt by this. They might think that. But this political theater that they've engaged in uh, is not going to punish anybody except for those that had nothing to do with this. See, All-Star Game weekend, uh, although I don't know what COVID was going to to look like this summer, um, I assume they were preparing on having people come. And with that, in a place like Atlanta, although the stadium's not in Atlanta proper, it's still in Metro Atlanta, um, the stadium, the area, would have had to hire extra security, people to work the game, people to work concessions, take tickets at the gate, do the uh, the flags in front of parking lots, stuff like that. Employment opportunity, even if it's just one day, employment opportunity for some people. Also, local bars and stores and restaurants and hotels would have been filled with people excited about the all-star game. The city of Atlanta, although again the stadium's in the suburbs, the city of Atlanta would have definitely, without a doubt, seen an influx of commerce, an economic boost, if you will. Just Atlanta, though. That is who Major League Baseball is punishing by moving the game. People that have nothing to do with it. Stadium workers, parking attendants, bar owners, restaurant owners. People that do not vote in the legislature. People that have no say or influence in political decisions whatsoever. They're the only ones that are really actually getting punished by a move like this. And even Stacey Abrams didn't want the game to get moved. But this political theater... Will change. First of all, it'll change nothing. All that's going to happen, by the way, is the people that voted for this bill, representatives from all over the state of Georgia, by the way, that couldn't care less about the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, this just reaffirmed their decision. Because now they get to do the political thing that everybody's doing now where it's they get to point and see they're the radicals, they're the extremes. This is a win for them. Major League Baseball only affirmed what the people that passed this law that they don't like, uh, only affirmed their beliefs. It doesn't impact them at all. A representative from, I'm just throwing this out there, I don't know the inner workings of Georgia politics, but let's just, just throw something out there. A representative, let's say that the one from Savannah, 
is a Republican that voted in favor of this voting law. You think he gives a crap about the Major League Baseball All-Star game and where it is? Doesn't impact him at all and his district at all. In fact, he gets to write a press release to all of his donors and say, Major League Baseball, the radicals at Major League Baseball tried to bully us into not doing what was right, and, and they get to win. And so Major League Baseball moves this game to what they think is win a press release. Yeah, it made it made players happy, sure. I I that's great. But the only people that are actually going to hurt by this are people that had nothing to do with it. We saw the same thing happen here with the state flag. When when the NCAA and the SEC decided to point to Mississippi and say, you guys are backwards and we're going to punish people like Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss who have nothing to do with the flag or its existence. You guys can't host postseason events anymore. And in the league office, they had discussions about the future of membership in the conference. Oh, yeah, that was actually talked about to some degree, maybe without seriousness, I don't know. But Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, they wanted that change. In fact, they hadn't been flying the flag on campus in years. It was not their fault, and yet they got their fingers pointed to, and they were going to get punished for something that they had nothing to do with. And now, Major League Baseball has decided to punish people that have nothing to do with this. To punish people who don't have a vote in the Georgia legislature. I don't know if you guys saw this, by the way. Atlanta? It's a blue city. They're the ones that are going to hurt by this. The people that had nothing to do with it. And you know what this changes? Absolutely nothing. And now, I'm running up against a hard break here. So we'll continue on with this if you want. 601-879-4395. And now, if Major League Baseball does not move events or their league office, when a new controversial law gets passed, it will look like they support it. If that's something they're willing to undertake, that's fine. If they think that the law that was passed in Georgia is just so bad that they cannot have an all-star game in that state anymore. That's their decision. But they should know who they punished because it's not a single representative, not one, that passed that law. Instead, it's the people, again, that have nothing to do with it. The people that, after COVID especially, needed a little help. And instead, that game's been taken away because of something they can't control. Political theater's punishing the wrong people. And, again, it's a decision that they are free to make. They might have really hurt themselves as a league. Maybe they think it's worth it. But they may have really hurt themselves. I'll explain why next. It's Sports Sunday. 601-879-4395 is the text line. I'll be right back. Welcome back in Sports Sunday. Michael Borky with you. What a mess. I hope Major League Baseball... I hope they know what they're doing. And... You can't get honest analysis of this law in Georgia anyway. 
I mean, even all the way at the top of our political spectrum, Washington Post fact-checked the president of the United States. Basically, he was either completely misinformed or straight-up lied about the contents of the bill. And on the other side, you get, oh, it's absolutely nothing. It's it's nothing at all. It, it won't affect anything. I mean, you can't get any... It's all just partisan hackery. That's all we get in media anymore. And so, I mean, who knows... It, depending on what site you read or what news you watch, that's the opinion you have about this bill that, like I said, 99% of people haven't even read. But if Major League Baseball finds them, finds it appropriate that they do that, well, their league headquarters are in New York. Should they then um, threaten to move their headquarters until Andrew Como is removed from office? But why don't they have a stance there? The, the leader of the state has been accused, what is it, nine different women now? On top of a scandal where they sent COVID-positive patients back into nursing homes and then covered it up? Why, why don't you have a stance there, baseball? Or, or is, it just, is it just Georgia? If, if another state has significant voting restrictions, are, are you going to do something about that? What about states that don't have very strict gun laws or are unwilling to pass strict gun laws. Are you going to get out of those states as well? I mean, that's in part why I don't think sports leagues should engage in political theater at all because then, if something like this happens elsewhere, are you going to do this again? Or is it just going to be Georgia? And maybe what happened in Georgia is far worse than anything else going on in this country. Maybe so. What happens if that police officer in Minnesota is not convicted? Are you going to punish the Minnesota Twins? Are you going to make them leave the state? What? Once you start, you cannot stop. Once you do something like this, for one thing, you have to do it for everything. And maybe you're comfortable doing that. And... They, they better be prepared for some loss because the NBA did a very similar thing, obviously. I mean, they, they got into politics in a way. They engaged in the social justice conversation. You guys remember that, and a lot of you told me that you're not going to watch anymore. I'm not going to argue with you. I, I still love my team. I watch the NBA almost nightly. I love it. But a lot of you were turned off by it. The difference, though, between the NBA and Major League Baseball is even though the NBA has seen pretty significant drop-off in viewership, what's left is a very diverse, a racially, economically age-diverse fan base that won't go anywhere. There's a floor. The NBA's core audience isn't as turned off by stuff like that as Major League Baseball's core audience. Major League Baseball is a sport that is already struggling to generate any kind of excitement whatsoever. A sport that is already dwindling, fading in interest with young people. Their demographic is 55 plus, mostly white. That's just reality. It's the truth. So, they should expect... And if, if they think that it's worth it, then more power to them. You, 
I am a proponent of you are able to do whatever you want. If you are a business, you should be allowed to do what you want. You can make whatever decisions you want. I don't know if Major League Baseball is wrong for what they did. I, I don't know. But I do know that, like I said before, they're punishing the wrong people. The legislatures that passed this bill are just laughing at baseball today. They could not care less. It doesn't bother them at all. And you could say that's evil or whatever. They don't care. The only people that are hurting by this are those that have nothing to do with it. But you, as a sport, already dwindling in popularity. A fan base that skews older. Interest, trouble in baseball. People more and more are checking out. And now that you've done this, you've got to be prepared because it's coming for a viewership plummet. It happened in the NBA, and they have a younger, more diverse demographic of fans. You don't think that this is going to turn people away? I'm not naive. I mean, you have people in this business that are naive and think that the NBA's viewership decline has nothing to do with messaging, and those people are fools. I think there's a lot more to it. There's absolutely more to it. Like the, uh, the way it's covered, I think, is a joke. If you are not in California or New York or Chicago, even though the Bulls have stunk for years, you don't matter. If you have a store in a market that is not New York or California, you should leave. I mean, Stephen A. Smith gets on ESPN and says, Dame Lillard should leave Portland to go play for the Knicks. The Knicks have been awful for my entire life. They're owned by a buffoon. This is their best team in forever. This is the Knicks' best team in forever. And they're seventh in the East at 500 in their record. This is their best team in the longest time. People are celebrating in the streets after they win, and they're 500. But that's how it's covered. So I think that's contributing to its, its fall-off. But if you think messaging has nothing to do with it, you're a fool. Major League Baseball's already seeing a fall-off. This is only going to expedite that. And they, if they think that's worth it, then that's your decision to make. That, that's fine. Well, whatever you decide. Good luck. Good luck. Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. We had a huge, huge, incredible, unbelievable game last night. We'll get to that here coming up. I've got so much audio for you, it's not even funny. I do want to play this for you. Last thing, and then I'll get off this, this style of stuff. This was on the broadcast last night. I'll get to sports here in a little bit. I know that's what you guys want to hear. But this was Charles Barkley. Um, Last night, in between games, after a video montage they showed, um, it's just worth playing, and this is the only place I can think of in the show that I can play it. So here's Barkley last night. Shared that news, how painful it was. Yeah, but the one thing I took out of that piece was, man, I think most white people and black people are great people. I really believe that in my heart. But I think our system is set up where our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, are designed to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp of money and power. They divide and conquer. I truly believe in my heart most white people and black people are awesome people. 
but we're so stupid following our politicians, whether they are Republicans or Democrats. And their only job is, hey, let's make these people not like each other. We don't live in their neighborhoods. We all got money. Let's make the whites and blacks not like like each other. Let's make rich people and poor people not like each other. Uh, let's let's scramble the middle class. I truly believe that in my heart. Speaking truth is Charles Barkley. Speaking truth. <sighs> this is Sports Sunday. I'm Michael Borky. We will get to sports next, I promise. That's just something that I've been thinking about a lot is, is this decision for baseball. They're free to make it. I am not layered in the nuances of the voting law in Georgia, but I do know who's getting punished by this, and it's not the people that passed the law. It's not. And now that they've entered into this arena, you can't get out of it. So if they have a team in another state or a game in another state where there is some kind of law that's passed that is controversial, they have to do something about it or else they look like they support it. Sometimes it's worth it. They got to do that now, though. Their league office is in New York. Pretty strict voting laws in New York. They going to move that league office? I don't think so. Next year's in California. I don't know. Good luck. That's all I'll say. An older demographic that baseball has. You might have just lost some of them. We'll see. I got some audio for you next. We'll talk about the game. Gonzaga and UCLA, an instant classic, an unbelievable basketball game between the two of those teams. And I have all the audio, the the Gonzaga broadcast, the Spanish broadcast, the Russian broadcast of that final shot. It was awesome. And we'll get to that next at Sports Sunday. UCLA's Juzang scored with three seconds left to tie the game at 90 in overtime. And then Jalen Suggs takes the inbound pass, heeds it from just beyond half court, banking in a buzzer-beating three to conclude one of the greatest games of basketball that I've ever seen in my life, regardless of level. Just an unbelievable game. Here is what it sounded like on the radio. So you're going to hear the calls consecutively. From CBS and then ESPN, Russia, Westwood One, you'll, I think it's Sean McDonough, their English version, and then Westwood One Spanish, and then after that, I've got your uh, Gonzaga Homer radio call featuring Adam Morrison, by the way. But uh, this is just great stuff, and uh, here we go. Again with the ball in his hands, in the paint, floater, short, got it back, ties it with three. Gonzaga has time to do something. Suggs for the win. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The perfect season remains on go. Are you? Oh, my God. There is. There are onions, Jim, and then there are major onions with a kiss. Oh, my. Guarded by Kispert. Eight seconds to go. Juzang, floater, short. He got his own rebound. And scored with 3.3. Gonzaga failed to win. Oh, it in! At the buzzer! Unbelievable! 
Наверное, стоило это сделать с остановки. Флоутер не дает. Сам подбирает. Забивает. Три секунды. Ответы останавливают. на победу. Да ладно! Да ладно, он выиграл этот матч! Да! It does not get better than Spanish broadcasts, man. I, I could listen to the Spanish broadcast of anything, anytime. Uh, I love that. And here is... Uh, the radio call from Gonzaga. Uh, Adam Morrison. You guys remember Adam Morrison as the color analyst for this broadcast. Here's what it sounded like based out of Spokane, Washington. To the right side of the floor, defended by Kispert now. Drives, leans in, the runner comes up short. Juzang, though, rebounds and puts it in. We're tied at 90. Three seconds left. Here's Suggs the other way. Pull up three for the win. Yes! Yes! Set yes! of the championship game! He knocked from 40 at the buzzer! Yes! The Bulldogs! Wow! You hear that little high five there? Had to have felt good for Morrison to see that. 93-90 was the final. I'm just an unbelievably well-executed game. The, uh, the shooting line for UCLA was 57-47-67. And Gonzaga was 59 almost, 33-60. 93-90, the final in overtime. I, like I said at the top of the show, there are games where they're just close. And people mistake close games for good games. College basketball does not deliver an offensive show like you saw last night. It wasn't because of bad defense. I mean, that was as engaged as you could see two teams possibly be. That's what made that game so much fun. Not that it was close. Not that um, there was a buzzer beater even. Because for 45 game minutes, you saw nothing but elite level Offensive execution, which is just not something that we get that often in college basketball. I mean, if you guys listen to the weekday show, I complain all all the time about college basketball's inability to score. They just can't score. A lot of bad shooters, a lot of bad offense, pretty slow game. We didn't get that last night. There was a lot of pace. There was great execution. I mean, it was just awesome to watch. What a game. What a moment. Uh, that, But Suggs, uh, so he's going to be forever remembered because of that shot. And I, I mean, uh, of course I understand why. It was a buzzer beater to go to the national championship in overtime. It, it'll live in infamy forever. I mean, maybe, as one of you said on the text line, that'll replace uh, the Bryce Drew. <laughs> the Bryce Drew uh, buzzer beater. Valpo over Ole Miss all those years ago. Maybe they'll put that one to bed and, and we can see something else for a while. I hear you. 
so he'll forever be remembered for that, as he should. But the more impressive play was what he did earlier in the game. The block shot at the rim. Bigger guy, too. Uh, who was it? It was, uh, was it Riley? I think it was Riley who got behind him and he recovered, blocked shot with his left hand, recovers the ball. He, so he, in the process of blocking the shot, he actually stepped out of bounds and you have to establish yourself back in bounds before you can touch the ball first. And he did that and then throws a cross-court bounce pass that if it was six inches to the left or right, it's a turnover. A perfect cross-court bounce pass for a dunk in a key moment of the game. That was more impressive from Suggs to me than the buzzer beater. I know that's crazy to say. It sounds kind of funny, right? But that was more impressive to me. Was that play from Suggs, but the game itself all night long, just unbelievable basketball. And this was a tournament, I mean, I said this on Twitter, that after the first game yesterday, so Baylor and Houston was a dud. Just an absolute dud. Boring basketball. Baylor was significantly better than Houston. When you look at the tournament since the first weekend, it hadn't really been that great. It, honestly, it's um, it's been kind of a dud. A lot of boring basketball games. Until last night. Until that, it absolutely delivered. National championship tomorrow. I still think Gonzaga is the best team in America. But the important thing here to me is that we do get to see the two best teams play in the national championship. I mean, we love the NCAA tournament and the upsets and all that stuff, and that's great. But it is not, in my opinion, the best way to determine a champion in basketball. Basketball, like baseball, is a series sport to me. I've always believed this. This isn't a hindsight thing. I've always believed that the NCAA tournament, while awesome, is not the best way to determine a champion of a season. It's not football. Little things can happen in the course of basketball games, which is why we see Oral Roberts make a couple of runs. Oral Roberts was fourth in their conference. I mean, if Ohio State and Oral Roberts played ten times, Ohio State wins nine. Who's the better team? Well, it doesn't matter that day. Basketball and baseball are, are more of are more inconsistent, and so I think a series would be the better way to determine a champion. It's also why I don't like the regional format in college baseball. And you could play, you could advance to the next round never having played a team twice. I don't like that either. I think they should expand college baseball one more weekend and have three game sets because that's the better way to determine a better team to me than a four-game series or a four-team series that they don't do at all in the regular season. A format that they don't play at all to determine who goes on to the next round. I don't like that either. Those are series sports. But at least in this case, the two teams that have been the best teams in college basketball all year long it's been Gonzaga and Baylor, Gonzaga and Baylor, Gonzaga and Baylor. I think it was even Sports Illustrated a couple months ago ran a story that was college basketball is Gonzaga and Baylor and then a big gap before everybody else. But how big is that gap? I mean, that was even that was something months ago that we talked about. And so I actually like the fact that it kind of went to chalk. 
to get here because these are the two teams that deserve to be playing for the national championship. These are the two teams that were all college basketball season long the best teams in the sport. And they're playing for the national championship. That doesn't happen very much in college basketball. For all the talk and negativity about the college football playoff, I contribute to it, by the way. I contribute to it. Um, at least the best teams are the ones that are in the championship, always. Not necessarily the case in college basketball, but that changes this year, for sure. Speaking of baseball, got to get to that. Mississippi State with the sweep. Ole Miss just takes one game from Florida. We'll talk about that, but first... Down in Baton Rouge. The heck happened to LSU baseball? I've kind of thought about that. We'll get to that next, and then in the second hour, we'll turn the page and look at baseball from Ole Miss and Mississippi State. It's Sports Sunday. Don't go anywhere. Michael Borky with you at Sports Sunday on Super Talk Mississippi. I didn't fire Steven. I don't know if I'd have the authority to do that anyway. He's not fired, though. Just off today. 6 year one 4395 is the text on if you want to be a part. LSU Baseball hosted Vanderbilt this weekend. And the SEC Network was there because, by the way, the SEC, this is so ridiculous. Uh, what they do with baseball coverage. Uh, they do it better than any other conference, so I, I shouldn't be complaining too much. But you've got, in every stadium in the SEC, it's ready for television broadcast at any time. It's ready for it. They put on network-quality broadcasts for games against North Alabama. They're ready to do it. So instead of scheduling out the entire season ahead of time, so we don't have to suffer through 13 to 1 with Vanderbilt and LSU that everybody knew it was coming. We can pick and choose the games that are worth going to, especially now that Tom Hart's sitting in his living room. He's not going anywhere. He's up in Columbia, Missouri, wherever the heck he lives, complaining about the scores not being good enough. I, I don't know. Why are we not doing that? It's crazy. Anyway. Vanderbilt beat LSU 13 to 1, 11 to 2, and much closer, 5 to 4 on Sunday for the series sweep. LSU now in conference play is off to their worst start in a long time. They are 1 and 8 in SEC play. And after Palmineri complained about Tennessee fans being too hostile, the few hundred of them and Tennessee not playing with great class, um, it's over for him. It feels that way. Fans want it. It's over. Palmineri will not be the head coach at LSU for much longer. They may let him finish out the year, but if it keeps up like this, that's it for Palmineri at LSU. And there's going to be some rich irony in the fact that Palmineri... Scandal-free, albeit a bit of a whiner, 
But scandal-free pulmonary is going to be the first person at LSU to lose their job. Not the administrators that were complicit in the misreporting, mishandling of violent assaults, including alleged sexual assault. No, not those people. They didn't lose their jobs. Not the football coach that reportedly, allegedly, spoke to one of the victims of that and did nothing about it. No, not him. Whose program is also in the NCAA crosshairs and actually just served a postseason ban. Not not that person. Not the basketball coach who was caught on a federal wiretap discussing paying his current guard, among other players. Not him. No, it'll be the baseball coach who just... Didn't go to Omaha enough times. That's his crime. Not mishandling violent assaults by student-athletes. Not NCAA trouble. Not getting caught on a federal wiretap. No, that is not a terminatable offense at LSU. Not your football coach, talking about Les Miles, who had behavior that was so bad... He was barred from sharing a room with a female by himself. That doesn't cost you your job at LSU, though. No, sir. It's losing some baseball games. That That's enough, though. Let the band play neck, they say, so the fans can scream something so abhorrent, I can't even paraphrase it for you here. Very, very great culture that we've got brewing down there. But hey, football coach has got a funny accent, though. So, gotta love him, right? Just gotta, gotta love Coach O. Oh, just LSU, that's just a funky group of people now. Oh, they're just, they're great. They they drink a lot. You know, you can smell the bourbon everywhere. Oh, they're just, oh, down on the bayou. You know, we just love it. It's insane. I mean, I, I understand that cheating happens in college sports. I I get it. Players get paid under the table. But what's going on there is far beyond that. And the only person that's going to lose their job is the baseball coach, who is scandal-free. Great culture. Speaking of baseball, we'll get to the good stuff next. Mississippi State sweeps Kentucky. Ole Miss wins just one game in Gainesville. We'll get to those two series next at Sports Sunday. Hour two coming up. Hour number two, Sports Sunday. Super Talk, Mississippi. Michael Borky with you. Spent the first hour in case you missed it. Uh, talking about Major League Baseball's decision to move its all-star game out of Georgia. The shot last night in Gonzaga, UCLA, and then Paul Maneri's future at LSU. And one of you did text in and said, you better hope Maneri hangs on and turns it around, otherwise your boy. I, um, we'll go back to his alma mater this time. Uh, certainly possible. I think that uh, at this point, I would be surprised if Mike Bianco left. 
But if he did, what he's built in Oxford at Ole Miss would make that candidate pool pretty strong. And um, I don't know. Don't really want to get into something like that that is so just beyond hypothetical that I don't know. It's possible, though, I guess. Yeah, I mean, sure. If I were LSU, that'd be the first person I'd call. But uh, I don't know. I don't think Mike Bianco is as uh, scandalous as uh, somebody that would actually fit there. But anyway, I told you last week about Mississippi State, didn't I? I said, uh, no need to panic. They are as good as I think they are. They just ran into a buzzsaw with Arkansas last weekend. Really good baseball team. And they played like crap, honestly. Mississippi State did not have a good weekend last week, and they played terribly. They didn't pitch it very well. They were bad in the field, and they got swept by Arkansas. And during the weekday show this week, we talked about how Kentucky sneaky, kind of sneaky good. After a really good start in SEC play, and it's an important series for Mississippi State against a team that's going to be not as bad as you thought going into the season. We all thought that it was a break weekend. Yeah, you have to go to Baton Rouge and you host Arkansas, but you get a break with Kentucky. Now, it worked out that way, but Mississippi State had to work for it, and they played really well this weekend. What a bounce back for the Bulldogs getting that season or that series sweep over Kentucky. And it started with uh, the mound, mostly. I mean, you got to start that uh, Christian McLeod just needed. I mean, you, you needed this from him. It had to have felt good as he was coming out of that game to pitch six complete, only giving up two hits, striking out 11. I mean, it was just one of those nights. It's a good Kentucky team. Better than we thought they were going to be. And he shut them down like they were from the Southern Conference and not the Southeastern Conference. Mississippi State added eight runs, like I said, of course. Uh, jumped on Kentucky early. Uh, three to nothing in the fourth inning, bottom of the fourth. End up winning eight to one. Hit scattered everywhere in that lineup. Just a really good night on Thursday night. And then Saturday, Bednar was okay. You, you got a pretty good start from him, but it's really the back end of the bullpen looked like you thought they were going to look like all season, last weekend included, uh, where Teller came in, pitched a flawless inning, and then Sims stepped in and shut the door, and Mississippi State got a close 3-2 to win. And especially after the dropped infield fly. And Landon Sims, guy that kind of stormed onto the scene, right? He's a sophomore. And... Ball gets dropped. Should have been the second out. Really just made that game comfortable. And instead of panicking or letting the moment kind of get to him, you could see the body language. Ball gets dropped on the infield. Two on, one out, one run game. And he looks around the infield and he, he just kind of puts his hand up like, hey guys, we're, we're good. It's all good. I got this. Don't worry. And you love that, right? I mean, he could have been mad in that moment or let that get to him and thrown maybe a bad pitch somewhere and lost that game. I'd have been mad. He wasn't. Instead, he delivered a pitch that was an easy double play into the ball game, and you could see his body language after that dropped what should have been the second out. Just, eh, it's all good. Don't worry. Don't be mad, man. I, I got you. I got you. We're all good. I love that. And uh, so they got the win 
on Friday and then yesterday slammed the door yet again. Another really close game for Mississippi State, but with the way they pitch it and struggle some offensively at times, uh, they're going to have to win a lot of close games like this. They did it in non-conference play, and they did it again this weekend where the back end of Mississippi State's pitching staff gave up one hit in the last two innings of the game. So Harding, Price, Tuller, and Stinnett, one hit combined in their two innings of work. Just slammed the door in a close game on Saturday. So a really big series sweep for uh, Mississippi State. A bounce-back weekend and proving uh, what I said all along. That was a team that was as good as I thought they were. There are still some red flags. I mean, you're going to see better pitching than what Kentucky gave you this past weekend. You're going to see better than that. And when you're scoring four runs on, we'll call it Sunday, but it wasn't Sunday, four runs in game three and three runs in game two, that might not win you a whole lot. So they still have to hit the baseball better. They have to. But it's still a really nice bounce-back weekend for Mississippi State and, and a team that kind of got pot, pump, uh, excuse me, punched in the mouth last weekend. A team that um, needed this. And they got it. Now they're back on track. So a really nice uh, series win for Mississippi State. Jeb says, Happy Easter. Happy Easter to you, Jeb. My Rebels will be okay. We bounce back with a big series this weekend against Arkansas. I tend to agree there. I mean, going into the weekend, as we turn the page over to Ole Miss, going into the weekend, a lot of people don't like this, but I said if they can go down there and get one, they're fine. The 6-0 start allows them, uh, affords them the opportunity to lose a series and you not even worry about it. And going into the season... Before SEC play started, you looked at this series and thought, if they can just go get one, they're okay. Florida's a good team. It's on the road. Just go get one somewhere, and you'll be fine. In fact, Ole Miss probably should have won this series. They had chances uh, yesterday, and they just couldn't get it done. But, yeah, they do uh, They do lose the series to Florida. 4-1 to one on Thursday, 8-2. to two. Offensive explosion in the last couple of innings on Friday. And just couldn't get it done. Uh, six to five was the final on Saturday. You got a great performance from Doug Nikhazy, and that's the biggest takeaway. Aside from the fact they didn't win a series, again, it's not the end of the world. Uh, they did not play good defense behind Gunnar Hoagland at all. Um, McCants is going to be, I think he's going to be if they keep him in the outfield, a really good center fielder. You can just tell he hasn't done it. You can tell he's a freshman that um, came in to play infield. Doesn't take great angles in the outfield at all, and, and that cost will miss a couple of runs. A couple of errors led to another run on the infield. There was a throwing error from uh, from bench, I believe, through Elko wide, and then Elko himself had one that cost him a run. But if you're getting the kind of performances from your pitchers that you got on Thursday and Friday, they're they're going to win a bunch of games. So Hoagland gave up just one earned run and six complete. Uh, didn't have his best stuff on Thursday. He just didn't have it. Uh, 
walked three guys, didn't have great command, but he battled and only gave up one run and one earned in six innings on the road at Florida. So you'll take that a hundred times out of a hundred. And then the Casey was just flat out dominant on Friday. Eleven strikeouts. He had three walks himself. He didn't. I think his command sounds kind of crazy to say he didn't have his best stuff either as far as command goes. Uh, he was a little erratic. He could be even better than this, and that's saying a lot because he pitched six complete, only gave up one run on two hits, struck out 11. He was dominant. So even though you lose a series, you should feel good, well, about your first two pitchers anyway. You should feel good about your offense for the most part. I think there's a couple of tweaks that Bianco needs to make to that Sunday lineup. I, I just don't know if at this point, until he proves otherwise, I, I don't know for Ole Miss if uh, Ben Van Cleve should should be in the lineup anymore. I, I think maybe you, you make the Harris move there permanent. That's just me. I think that's what they should do. Regardless of what arm the pitcher you're facing uses to throw. Like it matters, it shouldn't couple of tweaks there and they're okay but not the end of the world at all it's it's gonna happen in the SEC but Hoagland and Nikhazy were good enough offense was pretty good I think they're fine they're fine it's the SEC you're gonna lose series sometimes especially on the road against a team like Florida and you were one hit away from winning it back ending it so they're just fine not worried about that team at all. This is Sports Sunday. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Don't go anywhere. One of the more surprising things also happened this weekend. Oh, speaking of, almost forgot. So the Miss swept... Couldn't play the four games that Conference USA has uh, decided on this year. Could only play three, but they won all three anyway. So Southern Miss gets a nice bounce-back sweep over that series loss to Louisiana Tech last weekend. Uh, So just good all around, around here for the most part. They get UAB next weekend in that whole nine innings Friday, two seven-inning games Saturday, nine-inning games Sunday. But one of the more shocking things that happened this weekend was Kansas gave Bill Self, their basketball coach, a lifetime contract. And no matter what the NCAA does to Kansas, they can't fire him. Yeah, you heard that right. Bill Self has a lifetime contract at Kansas. Uh, they don't have an athletic director currently, so I, the university president uh, signed the deal. Um, his was expiring next year, and he got a lifetime agreement. It's a five-year rolling agreement that automatically add, adds one year at the conclusion of each season for the remainder of his career. He's 58. He's coached at Kansas for the last, last 18 years. They have 15 Big 12 titles and 17 NCAA tournament appearances. Um, Everybody's roasting this today. 
And they should. I'm going to. But for the wrong reasons. So, Kansas is facing NCAA trouble. He himself has been charged with a level one violation. They're facing lack of institutional control. And some people would tell you that's bad. I tend to think that's not good. But if you were Kansas right now, do you care? I mean, honestly, do you really care? If LSU gave Will Wade a contract extension and didn't fire him because of NCAA stuff, I would totally understand because I don't know if you guys have noticed. What is happening here in college sports is that players are soon going to be allowed to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. That is a thing that is going to happen no matter how many times you ask about taxes. It's going to happen. So if you're Kansas and you know how the NCAA process works and it takes years and you know that even if they come down hard on your school and give you multiple postseason bans, when those end, would you rather have Bill Self as your coach or not? Because public perception is changing. Hell, NCAA rules are going to be obsolete. So if you are, as a program, going to get punished for violating them, who's going to care in a couple of years, nobody. I read a Pat Forty column, and you, you know how that goes, uh, about how Kansas has shown they only care about winning because of this. And then he mocked, in the same column, ripping Kansas for only caring about winning, mocked the other things that people pretend to care about when it comes to college sports. It's bizarre. I mean, of course it's all about winning. It's a multi-million dollar program. Of course it's all they care about. That's all they should care about. It's high-level sports. Wins are the only thing that matters. And unless he's doing what Rick Pitino's Louisville program did, where recruits, underage recruits, are getting, forgive me on a Sunday, are, are getting prostitutes and strippers provided for them in dorm rooms on recruiting visits, as long as that's not happening, if it's just like the common paying players thing, why should Kansas fire him? Because of NCAA trouble. When paying players is soon going to be open, wide open. This summer, even, in most places. Not most places, but working on about half the country. We're getting towards it. There's going to be a federal law sooner rather than later. The dumb part of the lifetime contract is not the NCAA issues. If LSU wants to keep giving middle fingers to everybody and saying, Will Wade's our coach forever, I kind of respect it because wins are the only thing that matters. And guess what Will Wade does? He wins, even if it means he has to pay players league minimum salaries out of his own pocket. No, the lifetime contract thing is stupid because what if he stops winning? That's why it's dumb. It's not dumb because, oh my gosh, the big bad NCAA is going to give him a postseason ban. Oh no, who cares? Who cares? Kansas doesn't because wins are the only thing that matters. And when the NCAA punishes their program because they're going to, after that happens, who would you rather have coaching your team? Bill Self 
or a guy you have to hire while facing sanctions, which makes it a little bit more difficult. Somebody that in 18 years has won your conference 17 times or somebody else. I'll take the guy that's a winner at my place. Yeah, we may not be able to play in March Madness next year. Oh, darn. What happens after that? So yeah, it's rather insane that they gave a lifetime. You should never give a lifetime contract to a sports coach because what happens if they start losing? But if you're saying that they shouldn't have given this to Bill Self because of the NCAA, you're you're nuts. People don't care anymore. They're going to stop caring here soon. I mean, imagine two years from now when the NCAA process finally comes to a conclusion. Players are being able to benefit off their name, image, and likeness, and then the NCAA issues a press release saying, Kansas lacked institutional control when their players got money, which is currently what every player is allowed to do. You don't win there. You don't win there. So good for Kansas. Honestly, good for LSU for keeping Will Wade because the NCAA has proven they're not going to do anything about it, at least not right now. So who cares? Just like what Barkley said when they were talking about Indiana's opening in front of Andy Katz, who's an employee of the NCAA, on a broadcast during the NCAA tournament when uh, Kenny the Jet started talking about Oh, well, he's going to have to recruit. You got all these rules. And Barkley goes, What are you talking about? We got a coach on tape talking about paying players. What are you talking about? The NCAA is a joke. He called him Barney Fife. Good for Kansas. Sort of. Lifetime contracts are really, really stupid, but not for the reason that, that they think, or that Pat Forty wrote anyway. It's only stupid because what happens if he stops winning? Six year one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line, by the way, if you want to be a part of the conversation. That game tomorrow, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it, but uh, Kansas will be back eventually. They will be back eventually. Nobody's going to care or remember. I should make this a poll question, shouldn't I? Maybe I maybe I'll do it for tomorrow's show because I, I know how much uh, in love with Lane Kiffin Ole Miss fans are. Um, would you give him a lifetime contract if you knew that meant that he would not go anywhere else? Because that's the fear. A lot of people have it, and most people expect it to happen eventually, myself included. That he will, whether it be after this season or five years from now, that Lane Kiffin will eventually not be coaching at Ole Miss. If you knew you could lock him up forever, but you had to keep him forever, would you do it? I might do that today. Why why would I wait for tomorrow's show? If you're an Ole Miss fan listening, would you be okay with Ole Miss giving Lane Kiffin a lifetime contract? Meaning you cannot fire him. If it meant that he had, that he was there forever, would you be willing to do that? I have a feeling a lot of the answer is going to be yes, but hey, 
We shall see. Six zero one eight seven nine forty three ninety five is the text line. You want to be a part? That's the best way to do it. We'll be right back. Sports Sunday. Don't go anywhere. Michael Borky with you. Sports Sunday. A couple of you have said no lifetime deals for anyone ever. I tend to agree, but man, people are. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times I've been asked if Lane Kiffin has signed his new contract yet. There was um, there was some concern about that, uh, whether or not he's actually signed that new deal they announced right before the Outback Bowl kicked off. Uh, I mean, apparently that answer is yes, by the way. I don't know what they were hand-wringing over. I assume it's the buyout number and some other stuff, mostly buyout number. But, but in today's... And not the if we fire you buyout. It's the if you leave us buyout. As I understand it. But in today's day and age, that doesn't matter. That's not a deterrent. No matter how big that buyout is, if a if a major program wants a coach, they're going to get that guy. Of course, you want to maximize what you get back in return. But there's no such thing as a buyout. That's a deterrent for a major program hiring a guy like Lane Kiffin anymore. Like if something happens in Miami, which is that that's one of the programs where I think he'd leave to, but you know, that's jumping way ahead of the situation here, but bear with me. Uh, I think that Miami, I know that Miami would pay whatever it took. If the buyout was 25 million, it's not, but if it was, they'd get it done. So it doesn't matter. But yeah, I've I've heard that deal has been signed. My anticipation has always been, and I don't know this for sure, I haven't had anybody tell me this, um, is that they're going to announce it around the new facilities project that they're planning on announcing sometime in the near future. That's always been my assumption. That's just been my guess. It would make sense, right? You you have this press conference, you know, you get the big donors in the room also when you reveal this so you can get their money right away. Uh, but I think that would be something that you factor in the announcement. Hey, welcome in, all you rich people whose money we desperately need. By the way, this football coach who ran the offense, that uh, the best offense in your school's history, uh, just signed his new deal. Look, here's the contract in his signature. Now, here's the facility. Boom, give us money. That's kind of a, how I've always thought this was going to go. So we'll see. But I have heard it's been, you know, it's been signed finally. Now the no, there was a lot of people asking about that. Complete non sequitur here is just something that I've been meaning to talk about, and I haven't. Um, so we're in the radio business here, obviously. I mean, I'm talking on the radio right now, although the station lineup that I get is so inconsistent for this show, I, I don't even know if you can call it a radio show anymore, honestly. It's uh, who knows. Some of you guys, some of you can get the whole show, but it's not really many at all. It's uh, it's tough. But generally speaking, we're in the radio business. We have this stream now that looks great. We're on C Spire TV, which is awesome, and in podcasts, and that's great. But at the root of it, we're radio. And I can't tell you the number of people, in college especially, college professors, Uh, who just know everything, don't they? Uh, Talked about how radio is dead. 
Oh, the platform's dying. The rise of podcasts and stuff. I can't tell you the number of people that have told me that. And I've seen that online and in these these tech websites that report on stuff like this and podcasts are the future and all that good stuff. I agree, by the way. If you're not in podcasting, if you're not on stream or things like that, you are way behind and you're going to fail. But Spotify has or will be changing their platform soon to where you can listen to the podcasts you like in real time as they're being recorded. It's this big announcement. Everybody was sharing it. Oh, wow, you can listen to Joe Rogan live instead of waiting until after to hear it. And I thought, you guys just invented radio. Congratulations. All right, Spotify. Radio is so dead that the podcasting field is about to reinvent radio again. That just cracks me up so bad. I mean, these people are so smart. They're so smart that they think that Spotify Live is like some kind of innovative thing. If, as if we haven't had over-the-air radio and streaming availability and satellite radio and live video for years. If we haven't had this technology for so long and now suddenly you get to listen to Joe Rogan Live and it's innovative or whatever. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. Radio's... I can't tell you the number of people that have said radio is dead. There are people in this state. Oh, radio's dead. You can't do talk radio in Mississippi. Yeah, those people are real smart. Can't do talk radio here. Yeah, well, it's working okay here. And all you have to do is just evolve a little bit. Newspapers couldn't do it. But even all their stuff is being presented digitally now as well. It just took them forever to adapt. But You can hear Joe Rogan live, just like you would on the radio. But hey, future's in podcasting, right? Not in live radio at all. Random thoughts for you on a Sunday. I'm full of those. You'll get more as they come, I promise. Just like the Space Jam trailer... There are, I know there's a certain age demographic that is going to hate the new Space Jam, and I think I'm like right on the, the youngest side of that where I grew up on Space Jam, the original one, with MJ, Bill Murray. And I saw the trailer for the new, I mean, they kept showing it during the basketball games yesterday, the new Space Jam, where LeBron James forms a super team. Gosh, it's so much like real life. Uh, to get his son back, who was captured by some digital controller of the internet guy. And so he goes to... Anyway. If you're going to make a sequel or a recreation of a classic, it's got to have... Basically make the same movie. Like Top Gun... The new Top Gun that's coming out this year, it feels like they kind of made the same movie. Same music, same fight scenes, characters, everything's kind of the same. Super Troopers, they made a second one. It's basically the same movie. 
if you saw that trailer yesterday, you you probably are thinking what I'm thinking. I, I think it's going to be terrible. You don't have to try too hard. Just make the same movie again, basically. Looked awful. They did have a pretty cool uh, a homage to uh, that picture. You've probably seen it where uh, when LeBron was playing for the that super team in Miami that he created uh, with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, where Wade left a pass for LeBron and he's running under the basket and his hands are wide open because he knows what's about to happen behind him and LeBron dunks it and yeah, they made sure that was in the movie. Anthony Davis is a bird. Um, Clay Thompson is like a man on fire. See, it, I mean, it's just awful. It's just awful. I probably won't even watch it. I know my wife is excited about it. I probably won't even watch it. Just make the same movie again. Or don't make it at all, but just make the same movie again. It's a slightly different story. Like, it, they're not even playing the Monstars. It, <sighs> LeBron making a super team. That's just too too hard on the nose. <laughs> it's just too hard on the nose. Thank you guys for being a part of the show today, as you always are. I very much uh, appreciate you. Um, Next week, just a heads up, next week uh, will be recorded. It'll be new for you. You won't hear this same show again. It's not going to be a best of. It'll be new stuff, but I'm going to be recording it throughout the week. I'll be in New Orleans with the family. Not to see a basketball game, though. Disappointed by that, but uh, nice little quick weekend down at the Big Easy. So next week will be, uh, it will not be a live show, but it will be a new show for whatever that's worth to you. I know we had uh, a repeat on Good Friday just what we thought was best. It was the easiest and company holiday and whatnot. So next Sunday, just pre-recorded. I'm not going to make Steven sit in here by himself like he made me do that today, but I'll forgive him for that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, looking forward to that as well. So thank you guys for tuning in. A Super Talk Mississippi <laughs> media production.